Is it possible to be a godly man, a godly husband and father, a godly businessman, and be successful in business? Terrence Chapman says it is possible, but it's not without its challenges. When I was in corporate America and even leading my own business, I was very successful in business, and, and there was a common time that you achieve your most wondrous dreams and desires, but it falls short. You see, I was succeeding in the business world, but I was failing as the spiritual leader in my home. But to be the spiritual leader of your home will give you worthiness and weightiness that's greater than you can ever experience in corporate America. This is Family Life Today. Our host is the president of Family Life, Dennis Rainey, and I'm Bob Lapine. We'll talk today about finding the balance between work and home and about how we express our faith in corporate America. Stay tuned. And welcome to Family Life Today. Thanks for joining us. You have had more than one occasion, I know, where you have sat with a businessman who was very successful in the corporate world and was hmm. somehow not able to transfer that success to his marriage and his family. Well, in some cases, um, some of those business leaders were more married to their jobs mm -hmm. than they were to their spouses. And uh, we've got a couple of, of uh, business leaders who are also followers of Jesus Christ, uh, Terrence Chapman and Bobby Mitchell join us on Family Life today. Bobby, Terrence, welcome back. Thanks. We're glad to be here. Excited to be back. They're both tied in with a with an outfit called the Fellowship of Companies for Christ International. They got ministries in over eighty three countries around the world. How many folks in America are you guys touching? How many business leaders? You know, it's a challenging question because we're so viral, but we're probably touching um, in terms of thousands of business leaders and probably hundreds of thousands of employees, customers, and vendors. So our, our platform and our footprint is pretty large uh, across not only the United States, but also in 83 countries around the world. Bobby, you, you've been in business uh, for more than four decades. You're the chairman of the board of Applied Ceramics. Uh, let's go back to Bob's question that he mentioned about seeing business leaders who could lead companies to uh, multi-million dollars of profits but couldn't lead at home. I, I believe, and I believe FCCI believes, that uh, we have to minister to the whole person. And so one of the things that we want to do is involve the wife, the family, the employees into that the life and leadership of the CEO. My wife and several of the other ladies early on, when we started FCCI, demanded that they be involved in the major sessions. We started out... Now, wait a second. They demanded? <laughs> they did. Does your wife never demand it? <laughs> <laughs> it was tongue-in-cheek, trust I'd like, me. I'd like to hear you answer that yeah, question. <laughs> of course she has, Bobby. But, but you're the chairman of the board. The point is you listened to your wife. We did. They wanted to be involved in the plenary sessions that we were in. They wanted to learn from the same material we learned. Uh, when I was coming out here, uh, Dennis, I asked my wife, I said, what are the great things that have happened to you as a result of FCCI? I said, you got 30 seconds to answer because I've got to get to the airport. Hmm. She said, relationships, 
And I've learned so much that I've been able to apply in my family running this household. Hmm. And I thought, wow, two pretty great uh, things. And it's where you get the biblical image of two become one flesh, that's what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And you see, the problem with America today, in my opinion, is compartmentalization. We go to church, so we think we're a Christian. Instead of saying, I'm called to be a Christian Mm 24-7, and we're each of us are called to a role, and each of those roles is godly. And so we've got to embrace the role that God's called us to. God called me to be a, a CEO of a business. He called my wife to be a housewife. Both of them are equally valuable in God's economy. Right. And so instead of... of compartmentalization, we need to integrate, and everything needs to be integrated in a life. And if we do that, then we can honor God. We can walk with God. You believe there's no second-class citizens then in what God calls us to do, whether you're quote-unquote in business or whether you're quote-unquote in uh, vocational Christian ministry. Amen. Both I, need to be about what God's called them to do. I, I don't relate to vocational Christian ministry. Mm-hmm. I relate, relate to we're Christians, right? And we're all called to minister, right? Let, let me take you back to the early '70s when you were starting in your career, and you and your wife had been married for four or five years. Did you have figured out that prioritization in your own life about? Here, here's what I'm doing for the company, and here's what I'm doing for my marriage and my family. Were you keeping things in an appropriate balance? I really was not. And that was the struggle that I – it was about a 1974 time frame when I recommitted my life to Christ, and I realized that what I said I believed didn't match what I – the way I was living. So what was going on at home – before you recommitted your life to Christ? I, I was very geared on making money. I was going to make—I I worried about whether I could be the richest man in the world. I, you know, silly things like that. And so I was very focused. In, I wasn't doing anything illegal that I know of. And uh, I was trying to raise some boys and spend time throwing balls in a yard or whatever. But I was very geared on building a business. And And why was that a problem? I mean, if you were playing with the boys at home— I guess I I started to search whether I had integrity. And integrity comes from the word integer, which means whole or whole number. And uh, I said, I don't measure up. Hmm. And so I said, I've got to change my life. And so I started down this path that ultimately led to applied ceramics, ultimately led to um, FCCI. And and it has been rich. I'm not sure I'm not the richest man in the world. <laughs> if, I, if, I just, my bank account doesn't necessarily show that. If we could go back and talk to your wife in 1973 and say, tell me about your husband. How's he doing? What would she have said to us? She said he's doing pretty good. He's, uh, she probably thought better of me than <laughs> I did of me because I could see my heart. Terrence, we're, we're talking with Bobby here about being the, the president and CEO, chairman of the board of a, a major company. Uh, I've I really got two questions. The first one is, does someone have to be a CEO to be a member of FCCI? We, we primarily focus on business leaders, and so they may be CEOs or executive leaders of a company. 
But it also spills over in, in, in some cases to department leaders who have executive leadership over a particular area. For example, in Coca-Cola, we have over 300 uh, people in, in, uh, involved in FCCI that are not CEOs of Coca-Cola, but they are very influential within their respective department. Yeah, that's where I was going with my next question is undoubtedly right now we have uh, a businesswoman or a businessman who's listening to us who may not be a CEO – but maybe on an upward track, fast track in a company, and they're doing well. And they're getting all these temptations to, um, well, maybe not lie, but maybe just kind of bend it here or there, trying to get to the objective. This would be a good organization to be a part of, to sharpen, really, their lives in terms of what God expects out of them, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Let me let me make it maybe take a step back as well because I got a little bit um, different experience than what Bobby shared. Uh, yeah, I was in corporate America. I was going through corporate America very successfully. In fact, at 37 years old, uh, here I am managing two thirds of a Coca-Cola company. But no one had informed me that I could do what we're talking about here today. I I was under the impression and the teaching at that time is that you had to leave business in order to become a priest in the, in the world. And so some of that, I think, is just education and understanding that your business can be used as a platform for ministry. So go back to the other question. Not only do we want to reach the leaders that's coming through corporate America, but we also want to reach the next generation leaders of tomorrow. And so one of the goals that we have is to train a million uh, next-gen students who are now currently in college, freshmen, sophomores, and juniors. And we want to begin to teach them from a very early stage that you can uh, be in business and also do it in a way that glorifies God. And so we're reaching back into a whole other generation. Bobby, um, your company is a green company. You're working on environmental issues that... uh, keep our world cleaner because you're working in countries all around the world. One of my pet soapboxes that I wish there were more CEOs, chairman of the board, that were taking responsibility for are advertising dollars for what's being spent today uh, on TV, on the Internet, by major companies, and for that matter, smaller companies too, who are sponsoring things that from an environmental standpoint, moral and spiritual environment are destroying the fiber and the conscience of our country. Do you agree with me? I do. And I I think we're in an age of technology, uh, Dennis, that helps us address that. Any venture we've done, we've done them with General Motors, with Dow Chemical, with Hitachi, Hyundai, Mead West Faco. Any of those, I've always started off with this thought of, our vision statement, which says to be a world-class technology and manufacturing company that operates on biblical principles and glorifies Jesus Christ in the marketplace. I've read that to the European Union. I've read it to major companies all over this world. And I say, that's who we are. If you don't want to deal with us, that's fine. But that's what we're going to do. So if you're, you're accepting this if, if we're going to deal. So... We have tried to, in everything we do, honor the Lord. And on our website, if you went onto our website, you would see testimonies. You would see our logo that has a godly principle in the middle of it. And you'd see that we have ways to lead people to Christ on our logo with our information. And that we get thousands of hits a year 
on those various sites and people come to know the Lord. And so the advertising piece is a critical piece. We've got to have Christians stand up and be bold for the Lord. We have a country that's in distress right now, and we need to stand up and and return to godly principles, and we can do that by advertising and being bold to share that with all the people that come in contact with us. And the men and women who are on the boards of, of companies around the country who have choices of where to spend their advertising dollars need to speak up out of some of the things they heard in Sunday school when they were a boy or a girl growing up, and what they learned about decency and uh, morality and goodness and wholesomeness for our country and and not let companies uh, sponsor matters that uh, are taking our young people in the wrong direction. Terrence, let me ask you about this idea that um, that a business owner can be a, a secular priest, a priest in the marketplace. You were you were talking about thinking that you would have to leave to go be a minister, and, and then you realized you can minister from whatever platform you find yourself in. I'm thinking of a guy who runs a car repair shop or a guy who's got a manufacturing business or maybe he's got a, a, a restaurant or whatever his business is. He thinks, a minister in the marketplace, what does that even look like? Does that mean I put Bible verses on my tray liners in my restaurant, or what? You know, the average business will touch about a 1,000 people in a given year. I mean, if you think about it, it goes beyond your staff. It goes beyond your employees. It it really reaches into your vendors, your customers, et cetera. You know, when I own my own business, uh, I have responsibility uh, for individuals and their lives. And so, in in, in reality, we're in the soul's business. Hmm. And, it, and, and going back to some of the questions, everyone within that organization has eccentric value. And so the way we look at it is that we're in the people's business, we're in the relationship business, and we're approaching it that way. We just happen to be selling products or services, et cetera. So we look at every individual as a relationship that needs to be cultivated and nurtured. And, and what better way to do than to show the love of Jesus Christ by the way we think about business, by the way we do business, et cetera. And people will catch that, and once they catch it, uh, they will be attracted to that versus what we say. There's some uh, chairman of the boards of some lemonade stands and some, uh, I don't know, they may be selling rabbits in their neighborhood, uh, eggs, I have no idea. But there's, there's a bunch of moms listening to our broadcast right now who are uh, on the board of those lemonade stands. And they're You're raising... talking about trading in the next generation, I'm right? I'm talking about trading the next generation. I want to give both of you guys the soapbox for a moment and say, what would you challenge moms to be doing? And for that matter, let's throw dads in there too because they need to be training their sons and daughters as well. What would you challenge them to do as they think about how they're training the next generation of workers, and business leaders uh, to reach their generation for Christ. Well, Bob, I'm going to jump in here real quick because I, I'm actually an example of this. Um, when I was in corporate America and even leading my own business, I was very successful in business, and, and there was a common time that you achieve your most wondrous dreams and desires, but it falls short of really what satisfies you and make, what makes you whole. You see, I was succeeding in the business world, but I was failing as the spiritual leader in my home. And it's something magical. I can't explain it to you that happens when a father come 
to be the spiritual leader of the home. The wife doesn't want that responsibility in the first place, but she's taking it on because she has to because the father is absent in that role. Uh, And so we began to take that role on. So I would really advocate, it's particularly for the fathers out here, especially in the business place, that the business will give you worthiness and weightiness from a temporal, worldly perspective. But to be the spiritual leader of your home will give you worthiness and weightiness that's greater than you can ever experience in corporate America. 